Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello, Maximizers. Welcome back. little horse today. Hopefully, we can muscle through this. You know, that happens after a little trading. But hey, it's podcast 226. I think everyone's done with winter and ready for spring. I don't know about you, but I was in Southern California doing a little training, helping out with a service project. It was 82 degrees. Yeah, I don't think some people ever get winter. But hey, it was beautiful. Shout out to Orange County as we get into our podcast. Let's kick off today with our article and with your friend Urkel. (laughs) And this comes from uh, the Nature Sustainability Journal and the University of Chicago that people are more willing to eat gross foods when they have foreign names. So when you cook food for your family, you just want to change the name a little bit. But they found that people are more willing to eat foods that they find disgusting if they were presented in a foreign language. So they did this with Americans and Europeans who don't normally like to eat insects or artificial meat or wastewater, as they tried. And they did some separate studies. They were testing reactions to recycled wastewater, you know, taking a nice drink from that. Cookies made from mealworms and artificial meat. Not sure what type of artificial meat, probably hot dogs. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, so they had Germans, Italians, Dutch, Americans, and they presented these options. And they found that only 18% were willing to eat these mealworm cookies. But when they presented the cookies in a different language, that dropped to 35%. So 20% difference, kind of interesting, just by changing the name, making it sound more foreign. Maybe that makes it sound nicer. So bottom line, they found that you could use language to reduce feelings of disgust related to some products that are rejected by the population. They said a native tongue has a higher emotional resonance than a foreign language because it's used more often and it has more emotional context. By using a foreign language, you take away some of the emotions attached to insects or wastewater than if you don't. So instead of having leftovers, why don't you call it by a foreign name or even just say vintage cuisine? It might help you out. Another article on food. If you want more information on food, we did an interesting article back on Podcast 202 that spelling food, just by spelling food, makes you fat. So if you're interested in food research, go check that out. Of course, the archives for the podcast is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. There's also contact me, or you can just email me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Now it's time for the blunder of the week. Homer, go! All right, so here I am at this marketing presentation, and we'll call this a double blunder. So they're obviously selling something. I love to go to these and see how persuasive they are, and I monitor thousands of different persuasive presentations, and this guy was pretty good, I thought, up front. So it was a 60-minute presentation, and he had us at 30 minutes. I was sold. This was interesting. I was excited, but then he kept talking, and kept talking, and over-persuaded, and he lost most of us. I would have left if I wasn't interested in how he was going to close it and seal it all together and how many people were going to buy. 
But he kept talking, and he went 10 minutes long. People were leaving. There were bad feelings. How could you do this? So A, he didn't know it was time to shut up, and B, he went past that a lot of time. If you do either one of those, you're going to sabotage your ability to persuade. So if they're sold after 30 minutes, shut up. And if your time is 60 minutes, go 50. When you go past that point, people start having negative feelings towards you, even if it wasn't your fault. Even if the speaker before you went long, you got to be careful with your time and expectations. We also have viewer email. How's this sound for email? All right. This is Joaquin from Sao Paulo. That's in Brazil. It's a huge city. Been out there. A wonderful country. Beautiful beaches. Fun people. So shout out to Brazil. He says, Kurt. I'm reading Maximum Influence for a second time, and I'm reading a chapter, then applying it. So I'm going through the first chapter in connectivity, and I'm telling you, your report techniques are gold. All I've been practicing is my report techniques, and my sales have doubled this last month. So now I'm ready to read the next chapter and apply those techniques. So Joaquin, you can be our ninja. Because that's the key. If you try one technique at a time, maybe a week or a month at a time, make it part of who you are, make it natural instinct to you, make it part of your subconscious, it works. In fact, if you guys want the latest edition of Maximum Influence for free, just pick up shipping and handling. That's at lawsofinfluence.com. Again, free Maximum Influence latest edition, lawsofinfluence.com. Just pick up a little shipping and handling, and it's yours. All I ask for is a review on Amazon. Pretty good deal. But since Joaquin's talking about rapport, let's talk about the science of rapport and how important that is in your ability to connect with people. Because if they don't like you, it's very difficult to influence them. How do you develop that rapport, that synchronization, that connection with people? Some people just feel like, oh, I want to take a shower. Not with the person, but because of the person, right? You just have to understand that rapport is critical. Do people like you? Do you create that harmonious link with people? Because I know you've probably been a perfect stranger. You hit it off. You're telling each other your life story. And you were a stranger a few minutes before. Now there's that connection, that bond with the person. Now, it's easy to get along with people like you. We've talked about that on the show. But how do you get past just normal people skills? That's another show we need to talk about is people skills. But this is beyond people skills. Now, some interesting ones here to really help with rapport. First one we've talked about before is humor. Humor makes the persuader seem friendly and accepting, gains attention, and it makes your message more memorable. Now, you have to realize with humor, they're either going to laugh with you or feel sorry for you, okay? So you have to make sure it's good humor, appropriate humor, relevant humor. Practice your humor. You can borrow humor. Have somebody else tell a joke, YouTube video, a comic. Any of those things can help. In fact, one study shows that humor can distract your audience from negative arguments, and they pay more attention. Because it diverts attention away from the negative context of the message. It softens people up, it disarms listeners, and it increases your rapport. Not seeing a downside here unless you're really bad at it. Humor works. It increases rapport. People like you more. Again, I already talked about the downside here, but humor increases rapport. Next one, get your calculators out. Uh, smile. How much does a smile cost? Uh, it's free. You have one, you should probably use it. Not the cheesy type smiles, but a good, sincere, genuine smile increases sales and retail by 20%. It helps evaluations for customer service agents over the phone if they would just smile. It increases rapport. It even helps you with your first impression. 
Smiling also conveys a feeling of acceptance, which allows your listener or your prospect to place more trust in you. Another one we don't think about with rapport is our body language. It can attract or distract. Whether we realize it or not, we're constantly reading others and being read by them. Even without saying anything, the language of the body speaks volumes. What's your body language saying? How you enter a room? Are you charismatic? Do people notice? Because our subconscious instantly interprets those actions in your body language. So part of this, too, is your own body language, how it makes you feel. Because remember, we've talked about in past episodes that your thoughts control your emotions, your emotions control your actions, and the flip side that your actions, your posture, control your emotions, which can control your thoughts. So your body language is important, but then your ability to read other people's body language. Then you could adjust your message. You could identify emotions. You can use those emotions to persuade you, but you have to be able to read those cues, especially those that are giving presentations. When you get a little nervous, sometimes your body language says you're lying, even if you're not. What does your body language say? Do you record your presentations? Body language is critical when you're talking to somebody, especially when you're meeting them for the first time. Everything about you communicates something. The words you use, your facial expressions, what you do with your hands, your tone of voice, your level of eye contact all determine whether people accept or reject your message. On the show before and in Maximum Influence, I talk about Albert Morebian. He's a famous scientist, and he's come up with some numbers based on research, which is really interesting, that you're perceived in three ways. So 55% of that perception is your body language. That's visual. 38% is vocal. That's your tone of voice. And 7% is verbal or the actual spoken words. Now, of course, it's over the phone. We don't have that 55%. It's all tone of voice and spoken words. And if it's just email, all we have is the words and word choice, as we call it, verbal packaging. Another study show that up to 93% of your message's impact depends on nonverbal elements. Facial expressions, body movements, vocal cues, proxemics, study of space, how close you stand to somebody. In fact, one study showed that the wrong gesture could create impressions that the speaker or persuader lacks confidence. So nonverbal behaviors affect impressions of your sociability, your attractiveness, and your ability to persuade. There's a direct correlation between your ability to read body language and your relationships. They did a study at a college where they actually showed college students pictures of people with different emotions on their faces, and those that could peg the emotions Made more money, had better jobs, stayed married longer, had better relationships. It's important. The emotional intelligence, the EQ, is critical. So your ability to have the right body language when you enter a room, when you're talking to someone, giving a presentation, reading someone else's body language and emotion is critical to developing rapport. Another power tool in rapport is the eyes. We know that lack of eye contact can trigger distrust. But things that can destroy rapport too, for example, sunglasses. We know what that does to rapport. When you avoid eye contact, that shows us lack of confidence. In fact, if you show less than 50% of eye contact, you come across as insincere and distant. But when you're reading somebody else's eye contact, they start to look at you more. That means they're starting to accept your message. Rapid blinking can show resistance. Extended eye contact can show anger, love, or frustration. When people start to dilate, it shows interest and that people are being more receptive. And so reading eyes and understanding eyes is critical. Now, the average probably around the world is about 70%, because if you look at someone 100% of the time, like I mentioned, you're either getting angry <laughs> or falling in love, which may or may not help you in the persuasion process, but you probably don't want to be doing that. But we've heard it before, as Ralph Waldo Eberson said, the eyes of men converse as much as their tongues. We also know studies with, with beggars, people on the street begging for money. 
that their number one thing they need to get before anything else is that eye contact. That's why we're trying to look around and avoid the eye contact because subconsciously we know we're probably going to be giving up some money. Interesting uh, historical note here. Pennzoil took Texaco to court. And throughout the trial, the Pennzoil lawyers were accused of trying to sway the jury by encouraging their witnesses to make eye contact and to joke with the jurors. But the other side, the Texaco side, said, no, this is a serious matter. So they told their witnesses not to joke and avoid eye contact with the jurors. Well, that advice cost them $2.5 billion in damages. Why? After they talked to the jurors afterwards, they said that the witnesses that avoided eye contact, they couldn't trust them, calling them arrogant and indifferent just because of the eye contact. You know, it's real work on it. Learn to read people's eyes and what they're saying. Another interesting tool in rapport is touch. Now, I know we have to be careful. Some people don't like to touch. But we know that librarians that touched on the hand got better valuations. Waiters and waitresses that touched on the arm get better tips. People that are touched shopping for clothes shop longer, buy more. In another study, touch was found to increase the number of people who volunteered to score papers, sign petitions, and even return money that had been left in a telephone booth. But be careful, there's rules. Men touching men, there's rules. Women touching women, there are different rules. I mean, this is even cultural. There's different cultures have different rules. Men touching women, there's a lot of rules. Women touching men, no rules. We like it. No, there's rules. I'm just teasing. But there's something about touch. Now, a form of touch that you need to really be aware of is a handshake. Studies do show that a bad handshake will set you back one hour in building rapport. Did you catch that? One hour in building rapport with a bad handshake? You're like, whoa. You know, you get the willies or the heebie-jeebies, whatever you want to call it, with the bad handshake that's too sweaty, too many pumps, too limp, too strong, too weak. You know what I'm talking about, so be very careful. You don't want to destroy an hour building rapport by a bad handshake. Practice your handshakes. Shoulders squared up, good eye contact, good grip, two to three bumps. And something to think about, maybe your handshake needs to be a little bit different in time. Learn to mirror and match them. And that's our next tool, mirror and matching. Now, this comes from the science of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, about mirror and matching in people. Some think it's kind of a lot of woo-woo, but the reality is it works. In fact, a college professor went to different restaurants and would mirror somebody. Not being identical, you'll freak people out if they sit down and you sit down at the exact same time. And they cross your legs, you cross your legs at the same time, and they lean back, they lean back at the exact same time. You're going to freak them out. And the reason this is so important is you're accelerating what's going to happen naturally. When you develop rapport, you start to mirror each other. Even your breathing rate synchronizes. You start taking drinks at the same time. You're... Rate of speech starts to synchronize. It's true and it's real. So back to this college professor, goes to different restaurants, picks some people out 10, 15 feet away, and just starts to mirror their eating habits as far as when they take a bite, when they cut their food, when they wipe their face, when they take a drink. And ultimately, people would come up to her and say, do I know you? You seem very familiar to me. Again, it has to be under the radar. You're accelerating what's going to happen naturally in a way with rapport. In fact, a study at Duke University found that this mirroring of mannerisms Touching the face, tapping foot, help negotiations have higher success rates. And it showed higher levels of rapport and liking. We unconsciously mirror others without even realizing it. Mirroring is just a natural thing to do. We connect, where there's rapport, we start to mirror each other. So try mirroring, not mimicking, but mirroring other people. You could mirror their language. If they keep using the same words over and over and over again, then you do the same. Start using that word. You can match their voice, their rate of speech, their accent. No, I wouldn't do their accent because that's going to come across as insincere and fake. Now, 
I have a friend that's from Texas that you can't tell until he's talking to another Texas. He goes right back into that Texas accent. If you could do that, that's fine. But you got to be careful what you mirror. I think a big one a lot of people don't realize is energy level. Monday morning, they haven't had their coffee. They've had a bad weekend. You're like, it's a great day. If you're all energetic, there's going to be a disconnect. Mirror their energy and bring it up. I mean, if you call the depression hotline, it's a great day, the depression hotline. Or, okay. All right, maybe not a good example, but hey, you get the picture. Mirroring their energy level, bringing it up can connect you with people, build rapport. Now, some people break the mirror. You see this with a lot of lawyers when they're talking to somebody on the witness stand that they want to squeal, that they want to get information out of. They're going to break the mirror. They're going to do the opposite of what they're doing, make them feel uncomfortable and uneasy and start to sweat and reveal that secret information. See, in negotiations, too, when you want the other side to feel a little nervous or uneasy with what's going on, you can break the mirror and do the exact opposite. Not something you'd use all the time, but every once in a while, you might want to break the mirror. So, Joaquin, happy for your success. You are the ninja. These report techniques do work. They're all based on science. Everything in Maximum Influence is based on research. These techniques work. You have to apply them. Anything you try for the first time doesn't work very well. Any sport you try for the first time doesn't work very well. You use them a little bit at a time. So, try these techniques this week. Work through them. Make them part of you and it'll make a huge difference in your success. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your input. Thanks for telling your friends. Remember, you can find us at Maximize Your Influence. We're also on iTunes, Pinterest, Facebook, under Maximize Your Influence. Go there, like the page, learn more persuasion techniques, and as always, master these skills and become a power persuader.